Hello, welcome back to season two of Landon Live. Today we have Boppet Inventor, founder and creative director of Kid Group LLC, Dan Klitzner. Dan, how are you today? I'm real good. Just can't wait <laughs> to talk to talk to you about what you do. Are you interviewing me or I'm, am I interviewing you? You know what? It could be whatever <laughs> we want. This is this is the fun of Landon Live. We find out. I mean, I found you through TikTok. And and I I had always I had had boppets growing up because it's such a fun toy. I remember getting one for my my tenth birthday, and all of us, all my friends at, at Chili's playing with it and on the ride home, and it was such a fun fun game. And so it's so neat to be able to interview you on my show. And all, of course, you're the wall of uh, of inventions behind you is just so it just pops. And that's how I actually found your TikToks is because when you're scrolling through, you know, they're they're so vibrant that you you catch that. <laughs> so it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's growing still. <laughs> believe it or not so what have you been up to during you know all this lockdown and stuff have you been creating I, we know you're you've been on tiktok and social media yes that is what i've been doing <laughs> <laughs> well i've been doing a lot but i did that is why i started i had not really uh, i done much of anything in fact less than anything with social media just stayed away from it i tried not to actually have people find me because Usually they try to pitch me a toy idea. And since I have about 4,000 of my own that I'll never get to, it's the uh -huh. last thing I want to hear. I'm sorry to say to everyone, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, I, I love creating things and, and I'll do it forever. And so TikTok though became that, that next thing of creating something and especially creating connections with fans and, creative people like you. I really love it. I love the way it, you know, it, 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 every, every app or every, every event, all these things, they're really what you want them to be. And so for me, TikTok was a way to reach out and sort of find the, the bop it geeks out there and fans and, and people who had it as a kid. It's been amazing. I've just met all sorts of really creative, great people. Well, that's fantastic. What is one of the most out there ideas someone's pitched you for a, a toy? our game well often they're not that out there is the problem yeah. there there are things that have been done or thought of many many times but mm. it's the first time that person has thought of it and it's really <laughs> hard i hate having to say to them yeah that's you try to be encouraging and say yeah you know what's good about that is that uh, a lot of people have thought of that already so it shows you're on the right track you know which is sort of true but it's right. really automated hard to response tell yeah yeah it's hard to tell, but then you'll find people that do have crazy things that, that do work. That's how you get there. There's no, there's no, I'm not ever saying don't do it. I just say that it's, it's likely that you'll go through like me, thousands of ideas till you find the ones that stick. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Do you think that like, like for me in, in what I do being a ventriloquist, like anyone can learn ventriloquism, but I think it takes a certain personality type and mindset to be able to bring like characters to life. Do you find the same in what yeah. you're doing inventing? Or do you think anyone can be an inventor? That is one of the best kind of question analogies I've ever heard about inventing, <laughs> actually. You know, just like you said, anyone could be of a grilled, well, maybe not anyone, but the skill of doing it or the, you know, you, but it's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And the subtlety of all of that, I think it is true that we pe people, humans are, are natural inventors. That's how we survived. You know, we're problem solvers. We're designed to do that. That's how we, that's how we survive and grow is by coming up, you know, we invented the wheel and then we invented yeah. this, the stick that, 
you threw at people and then we invented, you know, whatever we are, the tool users. And so I think we are extremely natural inventors. And that's why most people in their lifetime will come up with something uh, that solves a problem or some idea. Uh, so I think everyone's an inventor or should be. And a lot of it is the willpower, uh, you know, confidence, uh, endurance, relentless pursuit of, of something new. You know, to mm-hmm. me, I I am driven by that next big thing that everyone will want to play and connect and and really to have. I really want to create fun times with people and memories that we all have. That's why I love games. So I'd say that out of the blue, someone will every day probably come up with some crazy new invention. That's a great idea. How you then? The second part of your question is what makes a difference. It's like you with ventriloquism, the practice of it. The mm. amount of time it takes to truly find out and uh, what company is the right company for this toy idea. It isn't just everyone will want it. That's that's the other thing that people say. I've got a great idea. Everyone's going to want it. And you say, well, there's never actually been anything that everyone has wanted. <laughs> so when you, know? you talk about like what company would fit it, do you pitch it to like if you have a new bop it? Do you pitch it to all the toy companies? Like if you're if, like saying you're like new to. Uh, new to bop it i don't know if you have a certain contract with one of them right now but is it like you pitch it and you see what what company responds back or is it like this company is known for this so i'm going to put all my efforts with them kind of a combination first of all yes okay. i've i licensed bop it to hasbro 25 years ago and uh everything i do that's a bop it is is something that i always do with hasbro which originally was parker brothers when i licensed uh-huh. it to them they weren't acquired yet and that was exciting to know that I had licensed a game to my childhood, you know, like a uh, game company that I, my family used to play games. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm licensing a game to this, to Parker Brothers. Like it was a great thing. Yeah. And I'd already done several other games at the time mm-hmm. and toys. It's just that really, that was the first one I had licensed to a, a company that I really knew about. And so, but I've done I've done hundreds of games, you know, many of the ones behind you, Perplexus, I think there's Hyperdash, there's a few, I'm looking in reverse here at what's behind me, uh, you know, lots of things that you don't even see, and a lot of them fail. Um, it depends on the company. If Bop it had been with another company, it's likely it would have failed or just been a one-hit, one-year one wonder kind of thing, or maybe even not a wonder, just some product that wasn't, you know, everything has to line up to really hope that pitching having the idea pitching the idea getting it to the right company at the right time at the right price at the right marketing at the right you know everything is a big thing that i feel the only solution to that is to try to be smart about it and and really understand who the companies are out there who are looking for ideas and eventually they will share with you lists of well we think we're looking at this category or that category we don't do games we just want outdoor you know throwing toys we don't do dolls we just want you know so if you go to them and say i have the best doll idea in the world and they go you didn't do your research we don't do dolls then you've wasted their time and your time they'll never talk to you again and (laughs) you know you won't you will waste it so a lot of the art of inventing is most inventor toy inventors will tell you is finding the right home at the right time for an idea and to do that you have to build relationships with a lot of the people at these companies so that you know when the right time is you know etc oh so sure it's you not stay within you don't the just walk in the door and go 
look at my idea. You know, there's a lot to that building of the relationship. Wow, that's that's phenomenal. That's really interesting. So when you when you pitch a new product to them, do you, I mean, are you with them from the moment that they, if they say yes, it's a go, or do you, do then they, you sign the stuff and then they take it and they, they see if it, if it works for them. Like, do you stay within the process to seeing it being successful or is, is your, your time within, you know, that up to the point where they, they say yay or nay? Um, it's, it really depends. You know, okay. I, I, I like staying involved. And in fact, for the, for the first few years, I, it was hard until you build up sort of trust until, I, you know, I'm an industrial designer in mm -hmm. my training. I used to design uh -huh. all sorts of things. I did liquor bottles and remote controls and, mm -hmm. you know, lots of things that actually led, helped me when I started doing toys, but I was doing everything. I was illustrating buildings for architects. I was doing, like, I, I just did a lot of freelance things. And um, in that, in that process, uh, you know, it really, it really showed me what I wanted to do. But I'd say that the, the, um, you know, the, this, I'm not sure. Let's see. Give me that again. I'm trying to decide how to answer it. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I was going to go another tangent, but your specific. I, question I'm just was, saying, like, yeah. like if you know, you come up with uh, a new, you know, a new game or, or you know, whatever toy, uh, you go into the meeting or however it works, you pitch it oh, to right, them. Right. Do you stay with them the process from if they say that, yes up to that point, yeah. or I, I was going there. there and then I started to think about something else. I got what? No, what I was saying is I used to do a lot of that. That's what I was hired to do. Okay. As a designer, was to do the entire process. So, as an inventor, often you're hired really, or you're not hired. You're you're in this. You're really pitching concepts or prototypes, and often the company does say, "Thanks, we'll take it from here." Uh, part of it's for secrecy because they might want to brainstorm and do things. They don't want to give you their secret sauce. You know, sure. it's but it's it's been changing lately where a lot of companies and over the years I built relationships as a designer as well. So I could do a lot of the design. I have two partners that are amazing with one does the coding, the other is great at you know production. So we're still not a manufacturer, but we are taking things much deeper into the prototype stage and okay. often into the final code. I think the last several boppets we've coded um, as well as the Simon Air, Simon Swipe, all the Simon products behind you there, we've done the final code. So that's unusual usually for, for the toy inventor circuit, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it is what we love because we think the product comes out better that way. And um, I'd say it just depends. You know, sometimes it, you show a great idea and a company takes it and you're glad you don't have to do anything else. Other times you want to be involved. Wow, that's fantastic. So when you come up with a new idea, I mean, are you the sole inventor? Do you have a, you talked a little bit about the, the two guys you work with. Do you have a team of, of other people that say maybe it should look like this, or maybe it should, it should function like this, or is it kind of, you come up with like a few initial sketches or, or maybe even a mock-up? Um, yeah, that most of the things are mocked up, either faked in a video to make them look like they work. Mm -hmm. We're going to check back on that later in this interview. And the other is sometimes if you're going to prove out a mechanism, like, trust me, this thing can, you know, hover and it only uses this teeny battery. And it's this amazing technological thing, a technology invention. You, 
you're really pitching someone on a, a new innovation that you're going to pro- you've proven or truly invented mm. a concept like this is a great idea for a game it's you know there was a game called don't step in it a while ago it was just play-doh that you put on the ground and you blindfolded and you had to try to walk without stepping in it but the theme of it being you know dog poop in a on the sidewalk and it was a challenge and it was a, it just it was this there's no technology there but uh-huh. the concept was so good and the theme was so good that it was licensed to hasbro by actually you know a friend of mine another inventor and it did amazingly well right anyone could have done that idea any time in the last hundred years there was nothing new about that except the theme and the you know the and then the graphics and things got done later to be you know more more like marketed the way hasbro wanted but sometimes concepts you get lucky with something and other times you'll do a concept and a company will say it's not really an invention you know where's the invention here it's just a theme like it's mm. it can drive you crazy because they'll tell you oh just pitch us a theme and a idea that's all we want but then they'll often say that's not enough because they've got such a backlog of ideas within in-house that they'll say well we've sort of looked at that before um so you know as much as someone will try to give you a secret formula or tip my answer is always it's just depends it's all over the place it depends if you're pitching a crazy technology that you you own and patent mm-hmm. or are you pitching an amazing concept or in my case like like a lot of the electronic games i do they're using uh, with my knowledge of how much audio and programming and software can a can a chip do in the toy realm not like an iphone Mm-hmm. What can you get out of it for the right price so that you can afford to sell it? Like there's a lot of the pricing mm. comes into how you invent electronic toys with LEDs and things like that. Um, I'd say mo- most novice inventors have no idea that the things they're coming up with are 10 times the cost that could ever be done. Seriously, like the, most of the suggestions I get are for people who say, hey, you should do this thing with it, you know, and it would, and it's like, yeah, that would be, Fifty dollars. Oh, I would buy it. Everyone would buy it. So, no, they won't. Trust me. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's it's interesting. Have you ever had, uh, like, you talk about sometimes you end up pitching a theme. Have you ever had that where you have, you know, they're like, yeah, that's just a theme, and then, uh, you know, a few years later, you look back on that theme, and you're like, that theme matches up with, you know, this invention, and they go together. Yeah, I think I've seen almost everything. Uh, every yeah. coincidence, you know, whether or not. I influenced a company, which I'm sure I have, like there's a sort of, you have to, you have to be okay with the fact that there's certain things that a company with all really, even the most honest company can't help being influenced by the pitches they see all day long. Mm. It, even if they try to put a wall, like they try to have the people that look at ideas be different than the people who design. That's why they sometimes don't want to collaborate they want to keep their design department separate so there isn't any commingling of 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 idea with design mm-hmm. it, otherwise it gets really muddy so you know that is a big issue that sometimes you're like wait a minute i had this whole thing for exercise games you know 10 years ago and you said the theme it was too much of a theme even though i showed some of the blah 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 then now you're doing you know and you're like was that due to my influence was it this so once in a while you'll trace something back and a company will say you know what we feel we owe you something on that that really was 
unintentionally lifted from your from your pitch but most often or not it, it isn't you know it's more that they sure. had internal thinking of the same the same type sure has it ever been like something that um has affected you and what you do where like uh you had this you had this thing that you pitched a while ago and then you know maybe today you have a few different inventions and you find that one of your inventions fits a theme and you're like well these two go together now this makes stronger for a pitch yes all the time there's a game we're actually working on right now me and my my partners um for a big trend like there's something that it, the game was designed several years ago mm-hmm. and and i've been trying different versions of it and then all of a sudden the right theme the right you know time it, that's what i'd say timing mm-hmm. uh the but it is execution i have something i've it's actually been in a couple of books on toy inventing uh what people have quoted me on so I share it with you freely. Yes. It was, it was, uh, it's called that you, you can only sell an idea when everything is right. R I T E. And the R I T E stand for relationship, idea, timing, and execution. If you want to look at it, it doesn't mean now that you know that you can invent things. It means that if you invent <laughs> something, you should look at those four aspects to see how, how strong you are in each of them at that given time. So if, if they're, um, for instance, I don't know if people know the game Hyperdash. It was a game that it's hanging. Let's see. Nope. It's on that side, that thing right up there. It's a, it's a, it's upside down. It's a cone that you, you, you put cups out and you run around. It says blue and you run around and you, you, you put the cover over the blue one that says yellow and you run, you get the yellow. Basically it lets you make a game as big, as small as you want. It's sort of like Bop It, but you run to, to put this thing, this plunger thing over the top. Sure. That actually was invented way before Bop It. It was my first, you know, I was trying to work on games that made you physically active mm-hmm. and showed it. Nobody wanted it. Bop It was maybe two years later, obviously huge success. You'd think, oh, this will be easy. Now I'll sell this one. Well, nobody, everyone says, no, it doesn't really, it's not really verifying that you did it. How do I know how far the kid ran? How do this, like, they, it's like these are really stupid questions. It's a great game. Why are you like, people talk <laughs> themselves out of why they should like something, uh-huh. but, or it's the right, it's not, it's the wrong person at the wrong time or the wrong execution, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's the right idea. So I say, the R in R-I-T-E is relationship because that's actually first before your idea. Like I said earlier, do you understand the people you're pitching to? Do you know if it's the right time to pitch to that person at that company? How do you know that? You know it because you've been doing this a long time, hopefully, and you, you, know, you might get lucky, but a lot of it's about, okay, let's make sure I'm, you know, that. So in this case, that was a company, Wild Plant Planet that I'd known for a long time, had lunch with the guy every, you know, long, we'd go get Chinese food once a year, even though I'd never sold him an idea. And he lived, he was in San Francisco near my office. So mm. one day at lunch, he says, why aren't we ever selling? Why don't we ever do anything together? I said, well, you don't do games. I mostly do games. You do science stuff and spy gear and whatever wild planet was doing. And I, he goes, if we were to do a game, what, what you know do you have something there is this one game that nobody else wants and i think it's for you 
because it's different. It's physical active. It goes go. So I literally went upstairs. We were nearby my office, which you know usually I fly across the world to see people. I literally had lunch with a guy. Like we're we're local and we never do business together. So yeah, I went up, found the thing. He goes, God, I kind of like this. It you know I showed him how it worked, took it back, you know, sort of tested it a little bit, and he said, I think we want to do this. Then we worked kind of with them, but the reason it worked then. 10, 12 years after I created it mm-hmm. was because that was the right person. One, it was the CEO of his own company. <laughs> he didn't have to worry, you know. He, right, that doesn't hurt, yeah. Yeah, but it was the relationship I'd built over many years by, mm-hmm. by knowing him. Uh, the idea was strong. So if you say which, I always say they're like four legs of a table. How strong, if you don't have the four legs, it'll fall over. Mm-hmm. So right, the right relationship, the right idea because it was a game, but it was different. It was, you know, in this case for them, it was it was right because it was physically active, a little bit not educational, but a little bit more good for you, not just a crazy game, you know, with a giant, you mm-hmm. know, crocodile eating things. Like it was, it had a sense of something a little bit like the products they were doing, but it wasn't at all what they were doing. So it was the right idea. Mm. Now the timing, it clearly was, you know, RIT. The timing was perfect because of that. It was, you know, besides being a strong idea, it was the right time because he was looking for something new. It was the right time to come in when they said, sometimes if it had been a year earlier, they're like, we don't do games. We're just doing our science stuff. Okay. You don't show them a game. He's open. They're open and more receptive to your ideas and your creations. Right. So the Mm -hmm. timing from the toy company was right. And the timing in the market was right because nobody was doing a product that really was a fun game that made kids physically active yet there was a lot of buzz in the media all the time about why aren't kids more active you know so that's why it was driving me crazy it's like everyone says that i have this game that's fantastic and nobody seems to want it for they're giving me the wrong reasons why it's not right well that could be execution which is the e the e means you know people look at it they might look at but they're looking at it through the wrong lens or they there was hasbro did look at it at one time but they tried to make it into this sort of slick scanner thing where you'd scan barcodes and run around it it just it didn't have the right uh t- you know the feeling of these giant cups which was the original way i did it was mm-hmm. it turned out the right execution it made it more visual they felt like something you know like people could understand it so that was the right idea at the the right relationship right idea right time right execution when all those things lined up it became a huge hit. Uh, it was the number one game on Amazon for two years in a row, right when Amazon was first starting to sell toys. They, they started to do front page things on Amazon because uh, the reason was it, it was the right time because right when mommy bloggers were sort of starting to really push mm. their opinions, mm-hmm. this was an easy one for them to push because they heard about this game that made their kids run around and be physically active. That converted because they could talk about it in a blog put a link to amazon direct right so it it was the first time that you had a time in in be when amazon was really early where all of those things linked up and so there wasn't a lot of things that that worked that way and it just it went crazy and that was uh the number one game for like a couple of years then we it kept doing expansions from it until it sort of petered out but but i just give it as an example of so you can be a successful inventor and still have a product sit there for 10 years and have to keep pitching it over and over till you find the right 
company at the right time, blah, blah, blah. So that's a long, long story. But it, I think when I've been doing this for so many years, that's really what people don't understand is that took a lot of a lot of time to be in position to have that happen. Wow, that's fantastic. Have you always been like this? Have you always been inventing? I mean, in middle school, high school as a kid? Or did, was this something that you found later on in college or something like that? Always, I always drew I, when I was younger. I probably have some around. I've been pulling them out for the book I'm working on. I've got, you know, I drew monsters. I, I probably like you, I mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah, yeah. Drawing characters, uh, usually monsters. <laughs> and and wasn't that into cars and things like that? But I was mechanical. I like to build things. Mm -hmm. um, I built, a, you know, tree forts and go-karts and things mm -hmm. a little bit like that. I was very... I, I was just driven to do a lot and mm -hmm. to create things and ceramics and, um, you know, painting. And I was very artistic, didn't know what I wanted to do. I went into engineering out of, out of high school. I, I knew I didn't want to do architecture. I just had no interest in doing houses. I wanted to do stuff, you know, right. and hated engineering. It wasn't visual enough left that, uh, after two years, I uh, left engineering and ended up going to this school called Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, which is a very focused design school, very vocational oriented. And a lot of the car designers end up going through that program. And they also have a very good product design program. So I went through in product design. I learned to do, you know, really, really good at illustration and rendering and, and design and thought I was going to end up designing, you know, blenders and toasters and things, but uh, ended up getting into toys through as one of my clients as a freelancer with a toy company. I just sort of, it just sort of kept going that way. And I, I'd always loved games and toys and I had no idea you could make a living at it. And uh, that's, you know, I would have been just as happy probably doing industrial design, but it, it worked out that it, this, this path, you know? Sure. Sure. What was your first invention? The first invention that I actually sold is the sand claw. Let me, this one, people always are really excited about this because they usually have one. Uh, oh, it's right here. I don't know if people have ever had one of these on the Oh beach. my gosh, I've had one of those. Yeah. yeah. This was my first uh, I, I had designed a lot of things for toy companies, but I was actually working for a toy company as a freelancer and they wanted uh, idea. They wanted to do a sand like pail and shovel set. And I said, you know, this is much better than a shovel. This is this idea where you put your hand in it and dig like this. And they said, no, no, we don't want to do that. And so I ended up designing a regular shovel. So I kept this I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll do something with this. And I had heard that you could pitch ideas to toy companies. And so I went on this path found out you know how to do it and ended up licensing this to a little company didn't know what i was doing they didn't know what they were doing it got knocked off uh I, like i made royalties on it for a few years and then it got knocked off all over the world and i uh i'm okay with that because i kind of feel like it was shareware that i'm i'm actually in the long run i'm almost like 
Luckily, I've done well with other things. I'm pretty mm -hmm. proud that the first thing I invented is not only still out there, it's still being knocked off all over the world. <laughs> and people still sure. play with it. They Shows like the it. reach like, of it. Yeah. Right. It, it became a classic. And I'm like, I'll take that, you know, even yeah. though. And, and when I see kids playing with them on the beach, I'll be just like, you know, it makes me feel good. Wow. So, that's yeah. fantastic. I want to go now to a segment. I don't know if this is too loud because you have your earbuds in. You might have to pop them out for a second. But this is called Jabber with Jackie. I have my characters on here. So Jackie's going to pop in. Here we go. Oh, yeah. oh this is going to be fun. It's Jabber with Jackie. Okay, so this is Jackie. Hi. Hey, I know him. Yeah, he's on TikTok. He is. That's Dan Kletzner, right? Of, of, of Thothet. Yeah, Thothet, Christian Thothet. Yes, I love it. All right, yes. It's my favorite. I know, yes. So I have a few questions. This is Jabber with Jackie, right? Yeah, a little something for our fans because I'm here, right? Yes. So Jackie came up with some questions. Yes. So what's your, what's your first question you have for Dan? My first question, yes, is what is your favorite memory from Thothet? It's a good question. Yeah. My favorite memory from Boppet has got to be uh, when my mom first saw it. Okay. Uh, she, of course, was my biggest fan growing up and encouraged me to do, to go be artistic and design, even though I thought I should get a real job. She said, no, you should do, you should do something artistic. And uh, when I, I had other inventions and when I brought back, the first bop it to her this one the one that looks like this and she mm -hmm. she got to try it she just said that's the one that's the one and uh it was uh you know a really great moment and that she she passed away almost 25 years ago so she saw it for me it was special because she got to see it and mm -hmm. got to enjoy that know that it was successful so she was right I know so that's she not was a very, the one. Yeah. She that? was the one pushing you on this path. Or she, both you? my dad and my mom were they were they were Broadway actors. Wow. Okay. They were, they were ballet dancers, and and uh, my dad, who's ninety five, is still an amazing voice. Can still sing. We have a great. He plays games with me. We have a great time. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really lucky that I had parents that, even though I said no, I, I'm not going to go into acting. I'm not going to do this. I want to be a real serious, you know, designer. They, they were like, it was my dad who saw me unhappy in engineering. And he, he's actually the one that found out about art center and said, I think I just talking to this, he was on a show. Uh, and the, the got the cameraman on the show said, I think, you know, he was talking to him as parents do about their kids. And luckily the cameraman said he should check out the school I went to called art center. That's more of what it sounds like your son wants to do. So I was lucky to have parents that both pushed me to be more artistic. Wow, so, that's fantastic. Yeah. What about Jackie? What about your parents? What did they want you to be when you grew up? Oh, that's a good question. You know, on on the jackal, right? So I never really had parents. I had a creator, right? Which was a I think a drunk taxidermist, something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, think I always I thought exceeded his expectations. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I always wondered how your parents met because I figured, you know, it's kind of obvious which what who was who. I didn't know who the father was. The, the, yeah, I'm, the, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. That'll be an interesting episode of Jerry Springer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm curious because like with, with me, when I write a new joke, um, I found that I can't really introduce it to my family cause they, they know me too well. So I have to try it out on a different audience or just like my, like my TikTok audience. Cause they can, you know, it's, it's, it'll go either way. Do you find the same in, you know, your creations or do you find that you can get feedback from family? Oh, this, <laughs> this opens up a whole area of family as your test. Uh, there's, there's seven, this is like a whole book. It's a doozy. What happens? What's that? I said it's a doozy. Yeah, it's a doozy. Well, yes. The answer is, I do test things on my family, mm -hmm. and most inventors do, and most families run the other way after a while because they're like, "Oh no, not another test." Oh, right. Okay. Whereas when they're younger, they're like, "Yeah, the kids are younger. Their friends are over. They all want to tell. Oh, wow." You know, Sam's dad has a new game. Let's all play. And then after a while, they're like, I'm not coming over to your house. Your dad's going to make us try another game. <laughs> yeah, we're the, we're the control group. We're the test group. That's hilarious. Wow. So, so and, but part two of that is the worst thing you can ever say to a toy company when you're pitching them something is, I tried this on my family and they love it. <laughs> Right, that, so, that makes sense, yeah. Right, you know, like no one's ever heard that. Like, oh, yeah, that's going to really, would that impress you if someone came and pitched you? And, you know, uh, if you if you said, I have this joke, I tried it on my family, they love it. May, that might actually be funny just saying that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it is kind of the same thing is that that's not very good data one way or the other. So <laughs> there's there's several, sure. several issues there. Wow, that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. No, no. What is your um craziest invention or something that you weren't expecting to get picked up that did? That's a good question. The thing that, well, I'll tell you the thing that's the craziest invention that sort of got picked up but didn't. It it was uh, uh is this a kids show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And well, I mean it's it. Yeah. You know, it's for my, my my audience is all over. Yeah, you're right. So sure. so uh, it's not that big a deal. I'm just saying. In fact, it's it's legal now. But oh. uh, when we were like we had that. one toy company, a pretty well known one, and the guys would come to our office to look at concepts, and they were pretty hip and cool. We they decided we we'd uh, have a smoke before the the pitch together, uh -huh. so that we could you know be in the right mode for sure, sure. for the for the concept. And the one concept we pulled out was this thing called Invisidude. It was an invisible character. And Invisidude, the reason it was cool is it was a, there was a trampoline that we built that had this little feedback motor in it, like with a company we worked with that had done it for cars. Like when you have, you know, like your gear shift knob and it gives you that feedback that feels, you know, like it's a haptic touch is what it's called. Right, right. Like on your mm. phone, when you push your button and you feel that little thump. You know, sure. it's like that, that, so they had developed this thing and they had a little sort of, we, we worked with them on, could it make, could you make it feel like there's a character jumping and walking on this trampoline? And so we worked with them and it, and it did. So like, you'd go like this and it, you, you swore you could feel the guy and we put sound on it. So it was a guy, you go, whoopee. Yeah, oh, cool. And so it felt like you were tossing an invisible character in the air. Mm. And these guys were like, whoa. That is amazing. This is going to be the next pet rock. This is the next thing. We're going. 
yeah, you know, and so they they looked at a bunch of other stuff. We went to dinner. They kept talking about that is that Invisidude. That is amazing. So they went back to their office and they they pitched it to everyone uh, there because they they would go out and look at inventions and come back to the office and show the whole company. And they they get the prototype. We send them the prototype and they're like, "Oh man, we're about to present this thing and we we got the prototype, but where's the little guy? Where's the little purple guy?" My, what, what little purple guy? The purple guy that was jumping up and down on the trampoline. I said, well, there is no little purple guy. It's invisible. <laughs> it's invisidude. It, that's the whole concept. It's invisible. No, man, in your office, there was this purple guy jumping up and down. <laughs> on oh, the that's trampoline. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so we always gave them crap, but they're like, there is no purple guy. It's invisible and do your best. So it didn't sell. Uh, uh-huh. It kind of did and didn't, right? You know, it's like the idea that it was this big idea that that uh, to this day we keep saying we got to someday the right time will come where Invisidude makes an appearance or not, however you look at it. So that's the story of there's been many things, but that's the first one that came to mind. Wow, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, that's really that's a that's a neat story. Wow. Could um, you do an invisible, uh, as a ventriloquist, ever done an invisible character as oh. their friend? Well, you know, that's a good question, because my, uh, Jackie, in the in my show, he has an imaginary friend, and his name is Kip, right, Kip? Mm-hmm. And he is my imaginary friend that's invisible. Right? Yes. And yes. the joke is, you know, why would you talk to some, why, why, Jackie, why do you waste your time talking to something that isn't real? And then, obviously, he kind of looks around until they realize that I'm, though and talking to the puppet the entire time uh, yeah a little ventriloquist comedy sure yeah and so but, uh, does jackie do ventriloquism on the invisible character oh hey we should explore that we should yeah that'd be kind of cool <laughs> yeah yeah i got a question how do you um how do you approach competition because you talked earlier about how you have friends are you like with friends you can take my question okay but <laughs> i think i can better explain it sure all right um with <laughs> with, with friends i uh, like in uh you know just comparing it to what i do like you know i have my characters and they have theirs so sometimes we'll workshop jokes or ideas or concepts can you find that you can do that with with your uh, fellow inventors or do you kind of keep it more to your um specific group when you come up with an idea it's a little bit of every of both you know maybe like you you might not you might be protective about the real heart of a new idea mm. that you haven't really released yet but interesting like again i imagine comedians and things that once they are out there with their joke if someone wants to steal it it's kind of like hey everyone knows or hopefully most people right, know right. with inventors i think it's the same thing we don't really talk at all about anything we might talk a little bit about what we're working on. We mostly whine because we see each other a lot. I've made some of my best friends because uh, you're at the same shows. You're you're meeting at near the same meetings. And often we've gone on sort of these crazy trips with some of the companies where they'll take their top inventors on a on a fun, you know, we've gone all over the world actually with, with oh. some of these companies. Sort of a creative, you know, whatever they call it, offsite. But yeah. you're not what over the years we've started to collaborate more. Like you'll find someone who specializes in mechanical things and you'll sort of w- figure out a way. But people are pretty careful about it uh, just because it's so easy to then get it's I, it's intellectual property that you want to be careful not to sort of commingle it too much where people get confused about it. It's it can get very sticky. I'm, I'm sure friendships yeah. have been lost over it. Um, 
But it's amazing to me that you're, we're all great friends because we commiserate with each other a lot. We all know what it's like to lose an idea that you've had, you're hoping hits, you've been waiting two years and it gets dropped. We know what it's like to have, hopefully when someone has a success, I've had friends that had, were, were about to quit. They've been doing it for 15 years and all of a sudden they get a hit and it's like, you're so happy for them. So yeah, it's been a really amazing group of people. And, uh, it's it's quite a neat network. It's pretty small, you know, compared to like actors or something. It's it's a teeny. Maybe there's two hundred in the country that really are active. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really uh, floss through the mind. Yeah, it really makes you think about it. Yeah, that's interesting though. It's um, that's that's truly neat. I I understand. You know, I've had that that similar to what I do. You know, where I'll like maybe talk with my friend about a joke, but like the heart of it, which is like, for me, like what the puppet actually is or the character is, is kind of kept, you know, to the side because I'm, you know, wanting to get it out there. And then once you, you know, put it out there, which, you know, I, I had someone tell me, you know, just everything you do that's of quality, put it out there. So it, it you know, cause the internet is a timestamp that you did it and that you, you know, you're the first. That's right. It, you know? That's right. It's, it's become very different. I think intellectual property, there's laws about it, but then there's also I, I, that's why I'm starting to show some of my inventions for the first time on TikTok or old ones that I kept secret. It's like, I don't care at this point. There's just as good an odd that maybe it'll take off and people love it. And then I'll go to a toy company and say, look how many people like this. I did my yeah. own marketing. If someone decides to rip it off at that point, either I'll look back and we'll say, hey, you know, like there, there's, there's, but, but at the other, I think there's more to be gained by, sh- by putting stuff out there now than, than ever. Um, so that's definitely what I'm, why I, another reason on why I went on TikTok was I, I wanted to build enough audience so I could start testing ideas, which I have, I've got a few things out there I'm having fun with and, you know, to celebrate this 25 year, uh, anniversary, which we're going to do more with Hasbro later this year with Bop It, but oh. I've done, you know, all these other games as well that I'm enjoying getting feedback on. Um, what, but how many characters have you created? Oh, well, I'm, so I'm also a puppet builder. So I, I build for other people all over and I haven't, I've kind of lost count. I just build a puppet and then upload it to my, my website gallery, but I have around five to six that I, I use on TikTok. And what yeah, I've found, yeah. I don't know if you found this for, you know, what you do with your inventions and your games, but I have certain people that gravitate, uh, gravitate toward certain characters. You know, I've got a dog, I've got Jackie who's kind of more wild. I've got an, an old man. I've got a, uh, you know, a zombie, as you know, Bill, I, and I, I have pockets. Have a zombie. I have different pockets of people that, you know, say this is my favorite character. And that's, yeah. you know, when they join my lives or see me live, they, that's the one they want to see. So That's amazing. And do you, and so how long have you been building puppets? Oh, how, how long? Uh, uh, since 2017. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just have a, you know, constant urge to be better. And um, I used to have a lot of people say, um, you're you're good for what you uh you're good for your age and that used to bother me because i know that they meant it as a compliment but it's like i don't i don't want my age to be a factor that you look at when you see my work i want it to mm-hmm. be the same kind of quality you see in everyone else you know um it's funny i i get the same thing but they mean i'm really old and i'm still good for my age. <laughs> well that's good because that means you know what's going on you know the you know the marketing you're hip with it sure which i'm sure tiktok has helped with that hey i got a bounce okay well thank you for being here for your segment you're welcome bye goodbye jackie
So what has we we talked we touched a little bit about TikTok. What has you know going into TikTok? It's such a, a neat environment of creators and commenters and fans. Has anything about the app surprised you? Well, uh, boy, I think it's always a surprise to see what goes viral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then at some point, it's not a surprise at all because <laughs> <laughs> you know that there's no way to predict it, but that the things, well, that the things that are most visual, uh, you know, things that are just dead, amazing visuals, that it's become such a medium for that. It's actually helped me think more about that. You know, um, if I was to create a toy that had an incredible transformation, that you couldn't believe what you saw, that would be a really good one to try on TikTok because it would, within a few seconds, you would understand it. So I, I, mm. I think it surprised me, but it does surprise me then how people who just tell an amazing story, people, you know, when you can get enough traction that people listen to it, that also does really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's just, I think what surprised me is, uh, yeah, just the, 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 the variety of things that can actually be appealing because there's so many different people. And at first, like most people, I thought, oh, it's just a bunch of girls jumping around in, you know, bikinis. And yeah. then you realize, you know, when that it isn't, that it's, mm -hmm. you know, when you start carving it towards what your interests are and meeting creative people, all of a sudden you never see that anymore. So I really mm -hmm. like that you, it's whatever you're looking for, um, you'll find it. It reminds me a bit of Burning Man. I don't know, uh, I used to go to Burning Man and it was like, Everyone, ooh, Bernie, man, it's all drugs and sex. And this is like, no, it wasn't. Like, it was the most creative people I'd ever met in my life. Like, building the most amazing things. You would just love it. Like, you would love, mm -hmm. you know, these crazy giant octopus with flames coming out of it. And, you know, crazy. You talk about puppets and, you know, buildings that looked like they were floating in the sky because someone had figured out a way to do balloons that made it, you know, like, it's the most crazy giant ass, you know, sculptures and things that you've ever seen, including a bunch of people have done giant boppets there. I don't know why, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a cult thing. So I, was that you that, or other people, fans have had done them. A bunch of people have done them without me. You're like they just do it. Yeah. That's so neat. It, it's become that if you look up burning man boppet, you'll see someone built this crate. I, I don't even know who they are. I don't think I've ever been in touch with them. They just built this beautiful, giant uh the one that looks just like this guy okay um it's not a working one though i think someone did build a working one people have done a lot of stuff with it uh people like riffing on it but it was just that the the i felt like the least creative person there when i went there like mm. wow these people are just truly devoted and i felt a little bit like that on tiktok when i start looking around at how much talent there is how much people i'm really inspired by you know, you'll, if you look for that, you'll find it. And now on the other sure. hand, you'll see a bunch of dumb stuff. And I will have to say, honestly, I'm very surprised at how, um, I don't know use the right politically correct word, you know, stupid people are. <laughs> I think that's uh, fair. <laughs> like, you know, the comments, some of the comments, and I, I'm only going to say probably they're just in a different generation. They're too young. They don't get sarcasm. I think you, you know, oh. they'll believe they'll believe something's real that clearly is a spoof or a satire, uh -huh. and they'll sit and I think, are they playing with me? No, this person really thinks that was real, 
Or it's like, I guess these, this is why professional wrestling still does well because the people <laughs> really think it's real. This you know, like it, it really, that talk about surprises. I think that is probably in the biggest surprises. This can't be that these people are, are this, uh, I don't, you know, I hate to use the word stupid, but let's just say generationally gapped from me that <laughs> I can't, that they think I'm serious when I'm joking. Have you ever used that to your advantage? Like, oh, there's so many stupid people out here. I, I'm sure this would go viral if I said this or uh, did this. Uh, I do it all. I mean, I probably, <laughs> you know, make Bop it say things about every, you know, every couple of weeks I'll do something where a, a fake cheat code in a Bop it. And I'll, oh, I'll, I'll do a this, this, and if you twist it and you hold it down, it'll <laughs> it'll do this. Uh-huh. And pretty much every time there's people going, factor cap factor cap is this real we need you we need to pray and i'm like oh come on you can't believe i think are oh, they're joking no they're not joking they want to they really think that i'm saying that's what the bop it will do or that it'll change you know like i often will take it and i'll snap my fingers and it'll go from there to there i'll say if you twist it three times and do this it'll do you know and yeah there'll be people that go I saw you switch it. It didn't really do that. <laughs> right. And of course you would just answer, I've never said to someone or belittled them. I always, I just laugh or I go, you're right. You caught me, you know? So I think right. it, it sort of worries me a bit for the future uh, that there's a generation of kids that yeah. can't discern real from fake. I don't know. <laughs> and then at the same time, you know, your videos are doing better because people are sharing it and duetting it and going factor cap. So you're like, I'll just kick back and keep doing uh, right, this. Right, right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty good. You know that I know, um, is, does Bill happen to be there? By the Bill way? is here. Here we go. I want to, I want to bring him out. He's got his own little segment called bones to pick where he's okay. got a question that he wants to uh, ask you, Dan. So let's go ahead and, uh, and get his segment up here. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Dan. Hi, How's it going? I'm good. How's everything with you? Oh, the coffin's good. Yeah. Your maggot's good. I'm good, Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. Good. Yeah. Looks and, uh, very healthy. I, oh, thank you. I uh, just had lunch. Yeah. I went out for Italian. Okay. His name was Tony. Oh, my <laughs> well, that's Sorry. Uh, you have a question for Dan. I do. I wanted to. So this is uh, this is called Bill's Bones to Pick, right? Which is basically oh. me asking you about pet peeves. Ooh, yeah. Oh. So what is what is your biggest uh, biggest inventor pet peeve that you have? An inventor pet peeve. Yeah, or like something in your industry that kind of you're like you groan about, you know? Because all these groan. Uh, <laughs> yes, the biggest pet peeve is probably about the uh when you're pitching ideas and people uh will often say that they've that they've um boy, there's so many of them it's hard <laughs> to say the biggest is yeah. it's usually that most inventors have the same pet peeve in the inventing process it's of pitching and having a company uh not really Go, go for like that like get it just they don't get mm -hmm. it and that they it'll often be um that they'll say something that's a rule like for instance they'll say uh this was oh i'll give you another proof of a concept that 
worked. Uh-oh. Let's see. Off the wall of inventions here. Cool. <laughs> this is a concept that was out. Did pretty well. Called called Regenerator. It was a... It was, well, I'll tell you the story first. The story was that I pitched this idea of a car that you could crash and it would fix itself. And oh, cool. the several companies said, that is not what sells. No, you know, isn't this amazing? Said, no, RC cars are all about performance. They're just about performance. So you're not interested. Nope. Okay. So that probably happened for quite a while. And this is the, what the car did. You drive it into a wall, and when you drive it in the wall, it 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 smashes. So you're supposed Ooh. to smash it into the wall, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So when you push your remote, it still drives around, but when you push the remote control, it goes. Mm. It fixes itself. It puts itself back together. Oh, cool! So, you know, it was called regenerator. So, right? It's hard to see the whole thing. There we go. Um, so it, 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 several companies passed until Spin Master, well, there was a couple, long story on it, but anyway, someone luckily at some point said, that's cool. They did it and it did really well. But the pet peeve most people have is when, uh, the gate, per, the person sort of being the, the, between you and the people who might have the vision for something, mm. shut it down because they have a rule in their head because of what's happened in the past. Oh, they'll be. Oh, you know, uh, you know, if you're going to do a game, monkeys don't work as a theme. The monkeys, <laughs> monkeys are they'll make some comment like that. You're like, how Ooh. can you say that? How do you know right. it's about how you do it? It isn't. That's not maybe that's true statement that it hasn't worked. It isn't why it hasn't worked. So sure. I think when people spout these, uh, you know, knowledge because they feel, you know, and that they it's easier to say no than yes as we all know. Mm -hmm. And right. so most, okay. most times it's worried, it's worried that they're going to bring it back into the rest to show at their meeting where they say, these are the inventions I'm bringing back in to show that I, you know, they have these scouts that go out there and they're very, very good. But if you were in that position, you'd be like, I don't want to bring that back. And have people tell me that RCs need to be performance because that's what they told me. So I better not bring that back because they, they'll, t they'll act like I'm an idiot because I didn't listen to them. So they're in a tough position. Right. You're right. So, so you kind of have this feeling like at some point it's rare to find the people in, in companies that say, I love that. And they throw everything out the window and they kind of understand that it's just a new, fresh idea. So to break the mold on something, you often have to break a rule. And the problem is most people use rules to decide what they should do. And so it's a very strange, you know, whereas other good, you know, other people say every great new concept breaks a rule. And so you really oh. want to make sure you're 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 pitching that. So are you able to like test like with the, or the with the car? Are you able to test it on like a on a group of kids or like like it's a target demographic before they determine it or anything? Yeah, like that? you can that you can do that. Uh, often, like we were talking earlier, if you say I tried this on my kids and they loved it, it's they don't like to hear that. Right. Uh, but if you if you um, it can help. You know, but but often 
that's what they're supposed to do. You know, your, your, our job is to be a creator, come in there with some new out of the box idea and have them be open to it. And sure. nothing drives me crazy more than someone who uses a rule to tell you why your idea is not, you know, like, but it's breaking that rule. That's why it's a good idea. And you sure. often will get people making those rules. Well, yeah, you you can't just write it off before you see how it works, or you know, have some predetermined you know law or something. Right? Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, you know, the creation story for Boppet. I think I've shown if you've seen on TikTok. This is what it looked like before. It was a it was a hammer that you banged, oh. you bopped it, twisted, pulled. It actually was a remote control originally. It had all whole story. But the guy I pitched it to, um, very luckily, was a really, I really respected him at, at Parker Brothers when I first pitched it, this guy, Bill Dorman. Mm -hmm. And he really got it. He was like, wow, it's physical. It, it makes you move. It's like he, he just said, and his great line that he said was, we're not doing anything like this. We, we're not doing this kind of product at Parker Brothers but we should be. Wow. So there's oh. the fork in the road, right? Someone could say, yeah. we're not doing this kind of product. What else do you have? Mm -hmm. But he said, we're not doing this kind of product, but we should be. So there's the difference. And, you know, think about a movie script or this, anyone pitching a new idea, you it's, it's at some point going to go through a gateway of someone with vision for the mm -hmm. same vision you have or not. And that's when we talk about timing, execution relationships all those things i think it's it's why it's so hard to come up to to repeat hit toys and things because there's it's all about people's vision you know no matter what testing you do eventually some person has to have the vision for it of course wow that's fantastic i almost cried a little <laughs> it's truly inspirational though yeah 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 <laughs> oh. yeah well it is it is a, a art form in many ways too figure out when and how and and be willing to listen you know i say relentlessly listen to feedback really actively try to get everything you can out of what someone says when they do reject an idea even if it's mm. stupid and it's a pet peeve it's like well all right let me try to dig out the kernel of truth in that because all it can do is help me next mm -hmm. time you know uh, yeah. many inventors will tell you they've pitched the seventh or eighth company is the one that buys it because maybe they've taken a little bit of here a little of there maybe just how they pitch it changes so that they mm -hmm. don't get that response okay you know right sure you know like you might change your pitch to now i know that the rule is that we don't there shouldn't be blah 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 You're like you you sort of build your story so that you can set someone up for it, but that's why this breaks the rule in the right way blank 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 so I think if you do this enough, you have to learn how to how to really take all feedback as, sure. as additive. Yeah, kind of calling back to what we talked about earlier, where it's like knowing the company that you're going into to pitch, you know, being able to, you know, recite whatever their, um, you know, their requirements are to them. And then also kind of, kind of uh, pull it closer to what you're trying to pitch so you can yeah. work around it. Yeah, that's great. Well, speaking of concepts, that are that are potentially bad ideas, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to say I want I need because I I have to go to a meeting in about eight minutes. So I sure. I know we we can do more actually. We can come back and fill in. I know you're going to okay. edit this and somewhat, 
But I've been working on this thing for a while called the Zombop. Zombop. <gasps> and Ooh. this is my first prototype of it right here. And you can see this is how I do prototypes, just like just like when I did Bop It, right? It this is literally the first prototype for Bop It. It's it's I did this in the exact same way. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a Zombop. It's beautiful. <laughs> and and it's you know, it's it's got parts oh geez. Oh. Got, there's a few problems with it as a Zombop. Uh, yeah. but this is actually something I mean from a toy that I invented that was really close to to uh maggie there i yeah. can't believe this it's Which a worm like it, yeah that looks really a, close that's funny it's a game i have called Whoa. called the the early bird gets the worm and i was able to use that as part of my prototype Yay. and uh this this is so i think i it might be better to show you the video that i did okay where I, I i have i have tried where now I, i'm losing my parts i got too much going on here it's not there. Oh, there it is. So, yeah, but here, here's my first uh, test of this, Bill, and I just wanted you to see it oh. while I was still, uh, before I posted it on TikTok, because uh, I want to see, uh, this might not be the one I post, but let's see if this comes through. This is on my, you know, drafts in TikTok. Let's see what we got here. Okay, this is my first test of my prototype for the Zombot featuring Bill the Zombie. Wish me luck. That's hilarious. That's hilarious and phenomenal. I love it. So I got. Much. I just have bad news for you, Bill. It might. I don't know. It seems like Bop it <laughs> and you might not match too well. Well, maybe maybe you could rename it and call it Drop It because all my pieces fell off. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. There you go. See, it's the. I don't want to be that guy that says zombies and Bop It don't mix. You know, let's make sure I don't. I don't. You know, be my own pet peeve. But yeah, there you go. Just to say, I'm trying. I'm trying to work. I'm going to post that. We're gonna see if if you know maybe you can give your honest opinion when you see it on TikTok. How's that? I will for sure. I can't wait. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. I That's don't know if cool. I should do that as a uh, well. So, yeah, where we where I yeah, I'm gonna to have to go in a few minutes, but we can do that. We can do it. So, would you want to finish up within your? Do you need a closing statement? I just want real quick. Yeah, real quick. What is uh? What's your advice to someone wanting to get into this field? Make sure you love it uh, mm. and have low expectations of success. <laughs> <laughs> Except that, be ready for it. You know, I'd say you have to um, really love, like I said, listening to feedback, um, 
you have to be re- make sure you really are aware of what's sort of been done. Like I said, the RITE, what, what has been done before? Don't fall in love with your own ideas to the point where you are blind to, to really making them better. You know, like mm. I've always trying to get better. If you have an idea, I say, if you have an idea that you think is the best idea you've ever seen, uh, and it's the one, pretend it's a five out of 10. And then say, now what would you do to make it a six or a seven or eight or a nine or a 10? And when you get there, pretend it's a five out of 10 again. Like <laughs> the hardest thing is being your own critic and don't, and really be honest. Don't, don't, uh, that there's always more magic you can get out of something, you know, like, and that's sort of a thing people stop too soon. And mm. the rest is get to know, you know, it's not too hard. It's very democratic once you get to know all the people who are looking. Make sure you you go to companies that really are looking for inventors like you. Don't try to go to companies that like do your do your work to know who's looking, and then just start submitting ideas to the trustworthy ones, which are most of the big toy companies. And you know, eventually, I think anyone can succeed if if they kind of really are smart about it and they love it, and they have you know make sure you know if you have fresh new ideas, then you're willing to spend years to sell them, which it sometimes takes. Sure, that dedication. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being on Land and Live and for sharing your story. You're very welcome. I will be in touch with all of you. All and, right. <laughs> uh, and we will, uh, I really have enjoyed seeing your your appearances, all of your, your characters, and uh, oh, we'll you. talk very soon. Fantastic. All right. Take care, guys, okay. and thanks for tuning in. 